What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This episode of The Warriors Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we just love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes the experience better. Look, obviously, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. I've done it for years. But watching the game in a place that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other dub fans is so much more fun. COVID stole that opportunity for a while, but the ACO has given it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great food and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible Warrior season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs. I even love that it's family friendly. I can go there with friends and get way too passionate, or I can go with just my wife and kid and enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now my go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and I hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in or is huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus today, but we do have the return of my master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Maxime, I am fired up to announce rejoining us after way too long. A man who attends every single Warriors practice, shoot around and game. The Golden State beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle and a guy who wasn't that big of a fan of my goatee the last time he was on this show. Mr. <laughs> CJ Holmes. What's going on, CJ? Warriors Nation, what's going on, man? Oh, good to see you. Uh, for those who don't have access to the video, let the record reflect. CJ is just a hardworking gentleman. We've got him in his car. It almost looks like it's like a kidnapping video or something. So <laughs> I can only trust you're not driving, dude. Like if you are in fact driving while shooting this, I am very impressed. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I'm uh, sitting on uh, top of this uh, parking garage. Figure to give me a little bit better light. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you look good. No, the, the lighting is fantastic. <laughs> I got a bunch of Warrior stuff for you, but give us an update, man. So the last time we spoke to you, you were just starting. Now you're a grizzled veteran. You've been on some some road trips. You've kind of seen what this job has to do. What, enjoying it, dude? Like, good thing, bad thing? Just tell us how the uh, how the beat writing profession is treating you so far. Well, my sleep pattern is in complete shambles. But uh, other than that, uh, I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. Um Love being around the team. Um, love getting to do what I do every day. 
um, you know, feel like I'm learning more and more about the subjects that I cover every day. And, you know, hopefully that results in better content, you know, for, uh, for Dubs Nation. Is there any truth to the rumor that the recent Warrior slide is directly linked to you taking the beat writer job? I mean, do you know for sure if that's you or, I mean, I don't, cause I don't, I'm just, I've just heard that. I didn't think it's true. I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> Fair enough. Gentlemen, let's jump in and let's go to our glass half full idea here. CJ is pretty easy. You have been uh, far more up close and personal with these guys, but I'm sure everyone's listening has been watching the Warriors. So think back on recent Warriors basketball. Give me something you like and don't like. I'll start us off just to get the ball rolling. Something I like. I like saying the word Kaminga to Warriors fans. They're like you, it does not matter how poorly they're playing. Like we're, we're in a different place today than we were two days ago. You know, the, the Warriors pulled out a, a, a real solid victory, shorthanded victory against the Heat. So all of us are feeling a little bit more optimistic. But even if you rewind the clock, you know, 48 hours, we're on the back end of a shit burger, two series loss to two teams they probably should have beaten. Even Doomsday. Okay. Complete doomsday. That's exactly right. Okay. Everybody's <laughs> freaking out. People's heads are popping off unless unless you say the word Kaminga and then a giant smile spreads on any Warriors fans face. So, you know, there's, there's more important things to talk about, but I have just loved watching him develop. And that has really been true over the last couple of weeks. So that's where I'll start us. JK, what do you guys got? Man. Well, first of all, I got to say that, right. We heard all these stories about pop when he, um, passed Donnie Nelson for the most wins of a coach, right? And what they were saying is anybody that was on the Olympic team that he sees on a different squad, when he sees them at the arena, he just whispers into their ear gold. And that like, and that's just like the one word that they get to say to be like celebrating. I could see like Bob Myers, like front office executives walking around, you know, off screen being just like, Kaminga and the other guys like, Hey, that's how they move around. So I like, I like that little visual of the internal warrior system. I feel like the glass half full, right. Is this concept of, okay, you got a glass of water right, and it's halfway. And it's like, what we just saw over the past two days worth of games is literally exactly that the first, you know, two days ago with against Orlando magic is the half empty and then the half full. So to sort of tie it together, I feel like ultimately the thing that makes me feel somewhat confident is has there ever been a larger embodiment of the concept of strength and numbers than what we just saw last night with pretty much our reserves uh, single-handedly beating the Miami Heat. I feel like there's reasons to be excited because that's the type of system that Kerr believes in. And if he can count on guys 9, 10 deep on the bench to have an impact in the postseason, um, there's reason to be optimistic. All right. Uh, glass half full. You know, kind of piggybacking on what you said, you know, it's not going to be the Currys and the Thompsons and the Greens that win this team a championship this season or even a playoff series. It's going to be the supporting cast. And to see guys like uh, Damian Lee. Damian Lee found his stride again last night. This man has been struggling mightily over the past month. Before last night, he hadn't made a three-pointer since March 1st. And to make matters worse, that's the only shot he was shooting. But yesterday – Lee decided to switch it up a little bit. He started attacking the glass, got a couple and ones in the paint, and from there, the rest of his game kind of just flowed. And, to, you know, to see a guy like him who's had fluctuating minutes in, in recent weeks, you know, get back rolling like that, drop 22 points, that is huge for this team. Um, and, you know, I think the Warriors bench outscored the Miami's bench like 40 to like 13 or something crazy like that. Now, albeit, 
Tyler Hero did not play yesterday. If he did, this might have been a different story. Sure but again, <laughs> we're not going to worry about Tyler. Sure about that. But again, but again, to see the role players respond that for Draymond Green to challenge everyone to play with more toughness and for the role players to step up in a game like that against a top seed in the East, that's, that, that's very, very glass half full promising stuff for me. The only question is, you know, when, you know, when the Curry's and the Thompson's and the Green comes back in, they bring that same level of energy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and glass half, like uh, glass half empty. I don't know if this necessarily fits into this category, but it's a trend I've seen as good as Jordan Poole has been in recent games. Uh, what is it now? 11 straight games of 20 plus points. As good as he has been, one thing I have noticed is he does not get going until the second half. You know, I want to see Jordan Poole assert his dominance from the start of games. Now, I don't know if that's something, you know, that's strategic. I don't know if Kerr wants him to facilitate more. I know I think he tied a career high of eight assists last night. So I'm not sure if Kerr wants him to focus more on getting others involved in the first half before he starts getting his. But I want to see Jordan Poole come out aggressive, you know, from the jump. If this is going to be a guy who ends up in the starting lineup moving forward, yep. you know, I, I want to see him be able to put his fingerprints on the game early and start drawing that gravity. They were sending doubles. Yep. They were sending doubles at Jordan Poole down the stretch. And I wrote a story a couple uh, uh, about a week ago talking about Jordan Poole can be the guy for the Warriors to bring that gravity of Curry out. And that is exactly what he's doing. I just want him to see him um, start drawing that gravity sooner rather than later. Completely agree. Um, And we're going to talk about JP a little bit more down the line, but I'll follow up right now. So an instant offense addition to Jordan Poole's game would be phenomenal. And that would be true not only if he's a starter. I mean, we want to see it in the first quarter. But if we make him a sixth man, we want to see it there even more so, right? In that situation, you need instant offense. And so for him to be able to develop an automatic killer instinct the second he touches the floor will be important. Working backwards. So, yeah, the Damian Lee success surprised me. I I have definitely guilty. I've been talking some shit about D. Lee. Was happy to see him break out. I kind of expected to see him screaming March 1st into the stands every time he hit a three. Which March just would have con- you know, it's like, oh, it would have confused hell of Miami people, but you know, whatever. <laughs> like, it is what it is. Another thing I like, I like that the Warriors not only went into Miami and beat the East's number one team with our you know backups. But they went into Miami and beat the East number one team with our backups so fucking badly that Coach Spo and Jimmy Butler have to be separated. You know, that there's like there's like a fight spilling out into the court, which was unbelievable. And watching Spo slam down that uh, the, the clipboard and the various things that went down there. I just that's the kind of drama that makes me happy, CJ. You know, I'm a bad person. Yeah. I can admit <laughs> that to you. But I really, really enjoyed that. One of my favorite parts of a game that was just filled with highlights, undoubtedly. Can I chime in on that? You know, normally losing to the Warriors, like, all right, they're the Warriors, but they've played so bad against Orlando. It's actually seen as a bad loss now. That can, that can, um, that can cause t- uh, t- inner tension between teammates and coaches. That's hilarious to me. Have you ever seen a coach be held back? I mean, you play for Auburn. You've been, you've been in a lot of high-profile scenarios. I've watched a ton of hoop. I can't 
remember. I mean, I, I've seen the thing where the player gets held back, you know, and, and like yeah. the, the whole team kind of gets in between. And I've seen coaches get fired up. So they get held back for, I don't you know, five seconds or something. But that video was a good 90 seconds. Spo had to be held back like, I don't know, three, four times in instant memory. Do either of you boys ever remember seeing something like that? Uh, well, John Chaney and John Calipari got to scrap him back in the day, but that's between coach and coach. Between a coach and a player? I don't know, but if I had to guess, I would imagine that Jimmy Butler was probably involved in most of it. <laughs> <laughs> they did have. Did you Did you actually hear what was uh, – now, I'm not sure if it was right. It was like a graphic I saw. I don't know how accurate the quote is, but from what I saw, and I don't be out here spreading misinformation, but um, so someone, if you can confirm this, that'd be great. But um, I think I saw that – I think, like, Spo had a criticism of Butler, and Butler said – and then, like, I don't know, and then, like, Haslam tried to, like, like, chime in also, and Butler was like, the only reason you two are relevant is because of Dwayne Wade. <laughs> and that's what got it – and that's what got it popping. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't imagine why that would bother them. You know, I, I saw <laughs> I saw Spo in one of the videos say – do you want me to fucking fight you? And then it was just like, which is a bonus. And then Haslam took a different approach and his quote seemed to be, I will beat your ass, which he said. How is that guy even still in the league? (laughs) I I do not know, but it's one of the things I liked to finish out this segment, something I don't. um, And it is consistent with everything we've already said. Uh, And Maxine kind of could have put a bow on it because we've seen a microcosm of this, but the Warriors lack of consistency and defined roles. Now, that's part of an NBA season. You know, we saw it over these last three games, two shitburger losses and a really good win. And I understand it goes down. But we are eight games away from the playoffs starting for a team that had title aspirations as, you know, a little ago as like a couple of weeks ago. We're still kind of hoping that they're a title contender. And right now is not the time when we should be not positive where Jordan Poole fits in or what the health outlook looks like or what kind of minutes everybody should be getting. So if I am worried, it's a lack of consistency. It's something that kind of showed its head over this last week. With that in mind, let actually, you know what? One more thing I like, and it's props to a huddle listener. So in Orlando, Amy, who listens to the huddle, gets huge props from us as part of our Patreon supporter, brought a fucking huddle sign to Orlando and put it up. I, and like, I saw that. Okay, dude. Well, I think I I, I, I like, in case anybody doesn't know, I'm 100% for sale. Uh, the, Amy just bought my friendship for life, just for life. Amy, I'm a huge fan of yours. I don't know, like, if, if, if you need me to, like, show up for your kid's birthday party, I, don't, I have no idea what I could do, but you let me know, Amy. I am there. So things I like, people representing the huddle in other states. Um, let's move on. Five golden questions. This is our mailbag, CJ. Uh, it gets both Warriors related and personal. I've taken a look. I know both of those are true this week. Here's our first. CJ wrote an article recently called Draymond Green's Stern Assessment of the Warriors. I think we're playing soft. That had this quote from Mr. Green. Quote. I think we're playing soft. Um, we're playing stupid. We're just not playing good basketball, and we're getting pumped. So it's hard to win a game getting pumped. And that's kind of where we are right now. We, we've been, you know, you, you get to these games, and we're losing a lot of fourth quarters. Like, not really losing the whole game. We're losing a lot of fourth quarters. And that's execution. But in order to execute, it requires a certain level of physicality, and we're not meeting that. And this listener asks, 
Do you agree with Draymond's assessment? And do you think the Warriors can take better care of that before the playoffs? So CJ, let me turn to you, man. So I, I know that you just wrote an article today that essentially uh, looked back to this piece, talked about Green's quote, and then said JK directly uh, understood the assignment and kind of came in with, uh, with some more toughness last night. Is this something we got to worry about? You know, do you think Draymond is still somewhere worried about this team's physicality? I mean, probably, you know, it's just, it's just one win and what has otherwise been a large body of struggles, like, right. So like, don't be wrong. The win in Miami is definitely promising. Get back the win column, get some, you know, positive morale going again, but it is still just one game. Um, like you alluded to earlier, the issue with this Warriors team has been consistency. In recent weeks, Steve, in recent weeks, Steve Kerr has cited issues that you never want to – that just aren't common with a championship team. Guys aren't focused. Guys aren't locked in. We're making stupid mistakes. We're fouling three-point shooters. Um, we're not executing. You know, you're not hearing – you're not going to hear Monty Williams. Look at that Suns team. Look at that Grizzlies team. Yep. Their coaches aren't talking about those kind of things at this point in the year. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So – I mean, can it be fixed? You know, hopefully. I mean, for their for the Warriors' sake, you know, hopefully they can't get it all all figured out. But um, what Draymond said was necessary. They needed a wake up call. They needed a wake up call, and it looked like the reserves really responded to that yesterday. Um, and just to be honest, I mean, I remember when the reserves played in that makeup in, in that makeup game in Denver. I mean, the ball movement was they execute. It seems like the, the reserves execute better out there than when like the stars are out there. Like it's just something I've noticed. Um, but it has to be collective, man. It has to be collective. They have to do it as a unit. Um, and, you know, for their sake, hopefully yesterday's win over Miami is the first step towards, you know, getting back on track and getting everyone on the same page. Yeah. Should we still be worried about this? Fuck yeah, CJ. Of course we should. All right. So I'm not <laughs> using the phrase physicality because it came directly from Draymond, but I'll shift it up a little bit. Let's make it mental toughness. One of the things that's a problem here is that when they showed up to Orlando playing a shitburger franchise whose season is lost, they didn't show up. You know, the Warriors didn't. They played down to their competition. Then we go into Miami. They're playing a, a much more high-profile team, and we saw the kind of effort from the scrubs that we want to see constantly. So for as long as there's this shifting level of effort, you know, depending on who they're playing, do we have to worry about that? Eight games before the playoffs? Hell yes, we do. You know, and then from an even more literal level the people who draymond were talking about right the guys he was worried about who lost that orlando game weren't playing in miami you know like it's good to see the win but it's not like he said that and then suddenly we saw all the physicality from those guys who got punked at the end of more at uh, the magic game you know so this is eminently fixable they know i mean if, if any team on earth knows how to put together a run we know it's this core but does one game in Miami without most of the starters fix these concerns? No, no, it does not. And Maxime, I'm going to throw you a different question. Here's our next quote. Poole was a revelation last night. Let me pause. I agree. 30 points. He has been murdering it. Back to the question. Do the Warriors need to start him every game going forward? So they didn't include Clay. The word Clay Thompson is not mm. in this sentence, which makes it a little bit less emotional. But, you know, the implications there. Uh, if it was up to you, Maxine, you get a call randomly, number you don't recognize. It happens to be Steve Kerr, huge fan of the huddle. He's like, oh, I love your takes. I need to I need to fill out my starting card. Should Jordan Poole start going forward? What's your answer? I, I yeah, it's such a hard question, right? Because it 
Clay is in that question. doesn't matter if those four letters were typed in or not, right? I mean, that's who he'd be replacing. When we talk about consistency, we're talking about Clay's consistency, right? Because look, the, the deal is when, when he came back into the starting lineup after a, a thousand days out almost, what we said was this is very exciting because Draymond, Clay, and Steph have championship pedigree. They know how to play together. That's fantastic. But the, what that didn't indicate is there's a whole crew of other people that are a part of the squad that don't have consistency with them, that don't know how to play championships with them. Sure. So one of the things that we were so excited about, it's like, again, it doesn't matter how long they were off the court. They already know how to play together, but Clay doesn't necessarily know how to play with Kaminga or, you know, with Jordan Poole when they're in that small ball lineup. So it's the same thing when you talk about pulling Clay out of that lineup and putting Jordan Poole in instead. It's not that I don't trust Jordan Poole in a vacuum. I think he's fantastic. I mean, CJ brought up the great point that he does seem to perform a little bit better as an individual scorer in the second half, which is precisely what we would need him to be doing were he to be the sort of the Clay two ball um, player instead. But I think a lot of the things that I miss from Clay that, you know, that we've seen in past is his off ball movement and the way he cuts alongside Steph, right? That they were like one and two for overall miles, uh, run over the course of a game. I don't know that Jordan Poole is going to have that same mentality. And if that's not the type of ball that he's going to play, we're sort of back to square one for um, creating a dynamic of consistency among the squad. So well, my point that I've sort of talked myself into here is I don't really think that it makes sense to start Jordan Poole right now because I think the likelihood of us winning a championship is slightly lower this year with pool in the starting lineup, just because we don't have that same mm -hmm. rhythm yet um, with that full squad in a postseason context, the way we do with clay. And we all know the pace slows down. If you haven't been there before, it doesn't matter how great of a player you are. It, we've just seen it time and time again, that, that veteran behavior in the postseason makes a huge difference. So I would rather not play with that, given that we're already in a situation where it's uh championship or bust is maybe not um, the hope for this season. And then let's talk next season about whether or not it makes sense for Poole to sneak his way into the starting lineup. CJ, you are the perfect person to answer this. Here's why. Um, I, I mean, I've got an answer and I'll, I'll provide it, but it's poisoned. I, I've watched Clay too closely, man. It, it's like, it's like, shit housing a brother you know like i and i i also i want to believe he's still clay so any response i give to you is going to be equal parts emotion and objective thought you have had the benefit i mean maybe you're as crazy as me but i don't think so yeah i don't i doubt that you like clay but you probably haven't watched every second you know you've been able to stay a little bit more objective and you've been here watching pools rise right up front all right so if it was up to you just what you've seen so far should pool be starting and would that be at Clay's expense? Can Clay play the four? I mean, uh, okay, that's uh, that's uh, you tell me, man. Like, how, but, how would you do this? What do you it, do? Here's my thing Pool's been great, man. He really has, but you know, the body of work Clay Thompson has you know put together throughout his career. I think he's earned the right to work through his slumps. Yep. Um, and you know, piggybacking on the earlier point. You know, experience wins championships. The Warriors need guys out there as much as they need these young guys to bring a little extra boost. You know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be the vets who've been there before. You know, they're going to make a, a huge difference. Um, you know, you know, Jordan Poole hasn't necessarily had the experience of like, you know, a long playoff series being a go-to option, things of that nature. So, and, in, 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 you know, perhaps, you know, him coming off the bench 
in the playoffs is, you know, best for the team. You know, I, I, I just don't know, man. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough situation because, you know, pool's, pool's more productive right now, right? I mean, it's just the fact – it's just the fact remains. But, you know, it seems like he's – I don't know, man. It's a tough one, you know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I'll help you with it. <laughs> um, and so I'll help you with it by cheating. All right. Here's my answer. Has Poole earned a role in the starting five going forward? I don't know, but he's earned 30 minutes a night going forward until this, this streak cools down. And the Warriors system highlighted by Andre, right? Isn't about who starts. It's about who finishes and it's about who puts in the 30 minutes. So should Poole be a large portion of this rotation? Absolutely. Right now, let me let me at least give you some response to what we were just talking about. And this kind of dovetails into what I was saying before that we don't know the fucking roles. There's a mentality portion of this that I am not equipped to answer. Right. Let's let's start with Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has been a absolute focal point. He's one of the reasons the Warriors have a dynasty. Do we know what his mentality is? If he does, he think that he deserves to start. Will he take it hard if he has to come off the bench? That's something I'd like to know. And we haven't got enough time to really get a sense of that. Vice versa with Jordan Poole. What's his mentality? Would he be happy coming off the bench? Does he think that he deserves this spot? Would he be secretly resentful if we don't give him the starting you know, minutes? And I trust Kerr to be able to figure that stuff out, but I don't feel like we've had enough time with everybody together to get a sense of this to make the most intelligent decision going forward, you know? And so we've got to trust Kerr, um, but for now, without that information, I hedge towards what CJ said. That we that Poole absolutely gets 30 minutes, that he's a huge portion of this rotation, but it doesn't come at Clay's expense. Not yet, unless unless that, you know, somehow destroys Poole's confidence. And that's the mentality part that we don't necessarily have. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I was just watching a Friday Night Lights last night. Right. And they had this uh, I can't remember his name, Matt, the their starting quarterback is a senior, right? And there's this like young gun freshman that's coming in that just is like clearly better for the squad, but he's a freshman, right? And Matt like took him to a state championship. It's like a very similar situation. Yep. Um, and at the end of the day, right? It's like the the young guy was totally, he's like, it's I'll do whatever, you know? Like I'm honored to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. And it was Matt that was absolutely crushed. So I don't know that Jordan Poole feels like he's in a state. I mean, he seems like a, he, like he's a uh, clear competitor, right? But I think he understands his place and the role that Clay Thompson has played in the success of this team. So I think it's more of an impact to Clay's uh, overall mental well being to be removed from that lineup than it is for Jordan Poole to be told, hey, you're going to have to wait your turn a little bit longer. Even after the 30 point games, even after this streak of, of, I mean, I guess. Who knows? It's a very good point, though. You know, taking Clay's mentality into you know consideration. Now, how you know how would he respond to being benched? Does that make the Warriors better? Like, you know, what I'm saying that will that help him get out of his slump any quicker? I don't, I don't think so. That's a really good point. It would undermine me. I mean, I, I like, I mean, absolutely. If if I'm coming back and in my in my you know, at 2 a.m. when I wake up and I'm worried about something and I'm secretly thinking like, do I ever get back? Is my D going to get back to what it is? Why is my shot not falling? You know what I don't need? To worry about losing my fucking starting spot. It's just, it's the last thing I need. Um, and I don't need to read about it on social media and I don't need to hear about it on podcasts. You know, like this, it would be the kind of thing that would dig at me even if I never admitted it. Let's get personal, boys. Here's our last question. And it's one I was excited for. So this one's going to lean on you, CJ. Quote, with CJ taking over the beat writing gig, we have to get to know him the same way 
we've got to know the other characters on the show. Please ask him a few of the judgment theater questions. So you got a feel of this last time. Um, we are 90% Warriors podcast, 10% soap opera. We get to know each other's personalities. I am kind of the asshole on the show. That's true for all 100% of it. Um, and so what we do is we ask questions, don't provide the answer, guess, and then reveal. So these are a little bit unfair because we've already revealed these truths, um, but I will assume you don't know anything about this and let's uh, let's jump in. Here's our first. Has CJ ever been kicked out of any location? So, I mean, I'm talking, you know, sporting event, bar, movie theater, restaurant, anything, anything at all. Let's guess. I'll start. I'm going to say no. I think CJ gets after it. Like, I bet you he's had rowdy evenings, you know, going out with him. I bet you is big fun. But I think he's the type of dude who, like, brings it in at the last moment. Like, he's probably part of a crew where other people got kicked out because they were just getting after it. But he saw with peripheral vision, kind of knew that, like, you know, got it right up to the line and then backed out. So I'll say no. CJ has never been kicked out of any location. What do you think, Maxine? Wow, that's that's incredible. But I'm, I'm going to say yes, but only – but he was not the only one kicked out. Right. I think it's like, because I think you're on point, right? Like there's this element of like, I feel like we're friends already. Right. Even though we just met, that makes me feel like you ride with your boys or girls, whatever it is. Right. And it's like, if one person's getting kicked out, we're all getting kicked out. So I don't think you started it, but you finished it. So like other people are getting kicked out and CJ is like, I'm coming with you. Like, oh, I'm going down. No way. There's no way he's that good of a person. Absolutely not. I do not think this happened. What's the answer, well, CJ? Uh, um, truth is, yeah, I've been, I've been I, I have like you know, <laughs> I have been in places where my friends got kicked out, you know, because they got kicked out. We all gotta go somewhere else, right? You know, but I have gotten kicked out of a gay bar one time. I was living in Tucson, Arizona. I was running a little glow on cash, so I tried to sneak some white claws in the bar. <laughs> like, so okay, it's actually funny as hell. So, like, I, I think I'm like freaking james bond and shit like you know what i'm saying like i'm like pulling the junk out you know, i pull them out of my pocket all smooth like you know integrate it you know integrate it back into the party it was, it was crowded there i think and all of a sudden this like really short blonde chick like walks up to me and is like trying to take the drink out of my hand in my mind i'm thinking yo who's this like drunk chick trying to like take my drink like i don't know you so i'm just like what are you doing stop stop Turns out she was the bartender, saw me take the drink out, and then had security escort me out because she's like, I was going to let you stay if you would have just gave me the drink. But because of that, you got to go. So long story short, man, it turned out to be like one of the littest Sundays like of the year. So like I'm like the SpongeBob meme where Squidward's like staring out the house and like all your friends and like all my friends are in there just like having a freaking blast. And like they didn't let me back in until like nine o'clock that night. Did you have a open white claw in a pocket? I'm just trying to figure out the logistics no, of your movie. They, they were, they were closed. And like, I had like, I, I think I was wearing like tacky cargo shorts or something just for the sake of this assignment. I was like, I'm going to wear these cargo shorts today so I can put these like white claws in, in my pocket. Cause I was running low on cash, man. I didn't want to like, like spend all that money on drinks when I had perfectly good white claws in my refrigerator. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, if you're looking for judgment, CJ, I think we both know you've come to the wrong place. Uh, you know, that's I definitely understand it. All right, what's your guess? We'll we'll be honest with you. Give give your guess for Maxime and I. Do you think uh, either of us have ever been kicked out of a location? I think none of y'all have been kicked out of a location. I think you guys are like far too classy 
for, for such, <laughs> hey. for such, uh, such shenanigans. I wish that was true. I got kicked out of both portions of the Oakland sports complex, the outdoor thing. I got kicked out of a Raider game and I got kicked out of a Warriors game. Um, and then I've also been kicked out of a bar for a very similar circumstance. I brought a flask in there and got punked terribly. Uh, and I'll, I will, I have bored the audience with the Raider game story. So I, uh, I won't do it again. If you have any interest, I'll, I'll tell you off air. And then the, uh, Oakland Coliseum, one I've also bored the audience with. I was sitting right behind Manu Ginobili pretty early and tried to start up a balding chant, and he did not enjoy that, and they not so politely asked me to leave. Maxime, I don't remember for you. Have you been kicked out? <laughs> nah, man, because I'm absolutely terrified of authority and the consequences therein, so <laughs> I try to keep a low profile. <laughs> Notice he didn't use the word classy, CJ, in any way. Here's our final question, and it's kind of a contentious one. Has CJ ever cheated on a test? I'm going to say yes, but not for a long time. Like early high school, something bullshit, like a spelling test in fifth grade or something. But then like once he started taking this serious and he knew he was going to be a writer, like it all, you know, no, it's all been above board. But has there been a moment in his life? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say yeah. Man, I mean, I think we're uh, this is why it gets contentious because we have to start getting into the definition of cheating. And like, I feel like there's a lot of really strict requirements on what it means to uh, to cheat and not to cheat. And, you know, I think sometimes, listen, you got to do what you got to do to get something done. And there are environments where there are peer pressure and uh anyway are you talking about cj thing, or uh, you dude this is like you're not, talking, I mean, like, what's going on i'm just trying to say that, <laughs> that we got to define terms a little bit and i you've I talked for like, like 10 minutes you've said nothing so far what's your fucking what guess, i'm trying to say is yes but only by the technical definitions and i don't think anybody would judge anybody for doing whatever it is that cj did holy shit cj have you ever cheated on a test do you still remember the question after what the fuck it is that maxine just said all right y'all I'm gonna come clean with the Warriors community, y'all. Uh, I feel like if uh, I feel like y'all are gonna support my writing, man, we gotta we gotta have a sense of transparency. There you go. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So I'll say this: in high school, there was a Spanish class. <laughs> the Spanish class was very difficult for those who did not pay attention in said Spanish class. <laughs> so all I'm gonna say is this: we had a system. It was foolproof, it was efficient, and we got it done. <laughs> Pat, pass with a C. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Congratulations. But, yeah. For, for, I'm dude, proud of it. But, foreign uh, language classes are brutally tough. You should, you should be proud of it for having a foolproof system. I'll tell you what, of the two things you could have developed now that you're a sports writer, since you are not working for like, you know, ESPN Deportes, I think that you coming up with a system that worked as opposed to being fluent in Spanish. Look, it's all working out for you, Matt. It came through. Here's our final one. Pick a side. So as you can tell, we've talked about this before. This will give you a little clarity about whatever the hell it was Maxime was just talking about. When we first revealed this, Maxime showed us that he did in fact cheat on a test, but didn't consider it cheating. I don't even remember its justification. He had like some weird explanation for why, even though he was stealing answers from other people, it didn't count as cheating. So that's where he was coming from. Just, just know that. 
What was your excuse, Maxine? Well, I don't even remember the story. My God, I see. This is what I'm talking about with defining terms. Bram just gets to <laughs> say whatever he wants about. It, it was a not technically a group test that ended up being a group test. I didn't steal answers from anybody as much as anybody else stole answers from me. The proctors fell asleep, and we said, "Hey, let's uh, let's just do this test together." That's right. Okay, sorry. D- cheating is okay. defined as when the proctor yeah. falls asleep and you share answers with everybody else. Maxine, have you ever cheated? <laughs> Well, fuck yes, you have. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh, I, Bram, I've just decided that your name is Mark. Is your name Mark? I mean, yes, it that's, is. You just that's the, the actual definition of cheating. CJ, you're our final our final call here. So if if take him for his word, Proctor goes to sleep. He starts sharing answers when he wasn't supposed to. Cheating? That's definitely cheating. That's cheating. Oh. <laughs> but then again, though, but then again, here's the thing, though. If the Proctor is so, like, careless because that's the thing about the system though like i was talking about the spanish class like the teacher knew exactly what we were doing and just turned the blind eye so if, if it was allowed by the authorities that be was it cheating like or was yes. it just like you know incredible you know, was it cheating though like was it cheating though if, the, if it's allowed by the teacher so on the basis that the that, 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 that his professor or proctor fell asleep, professor and he should know what goes down if he falls during the test. I mean, he knows what he's doing. He knew what he was doing. I'd like to cut CJ's last 30 seconds if we can. Just, I mean, let's just end it right with, of course, that was cheating. CJ, I, uh, we've kept you longer than I promised. I really appreciate you. It's great having you back. I am sure I'm not the only one feeling that way. For people who need way more CJ Holmes in their life, where do they go? Hey, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CJHolmes22. Look, I'm going to be real with y'all. I need retweets, not likes. I need retweets, man. <laughs> Help a brother out, man. We're trying to be great out here. I appreciate all the love y'all showing me so far. <laughs> you can follow the Warriors Huddle, which will be retweeting his account frequently. We are at Warriors Huddle. We also have an email account uh, where you can shoot us any of your suggested golden questions. Let us know we did a good job, bad job. Maxime is a terrible cheater, and that email account is at Huddle at warriorshuddle.com. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week. Good, good.